Hello and welcome to another episode of Radio Oedipus, the podcast all about the culture of beer. And I'm your host, Danny Walker. Welcome to show number nine. Those of you that have been following the show will know we've had some great insights into the world of the Dutch snack bar culture, baking, music, and of course, craft beer, to name a few. If you're new to the show, you can check out previous episodes by heading to our website, oedipus.com forward slash radio. You'll also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major platforms. On to today's show, I was joined by Sander Nadevane, co-founder and head brewer here at Oedipus. My guest is Matthijs Boy, who is an artist and founder of online art platform Patty Morgan. Matthijs has a really interesting perspective of the art world and we learn how he's creatively adapted within art business. We also discuss a fierce by nature beer, I call Ravi to find out what's in his fridge. And of course, there's the quiz. But for now, enjoy the show. All right. Hello and welcome to another episode of Radio Oedipus. Happy to be joined by Sander Nadevane, the co-founder and head brewer here at Oedipus. How are you doing today? Yeah, good. Yeah. Good, good. Today we're also joined by Matthijs Boy. Matthijs is an artist and also the founder of Patty Morgan, an online-based art gallery that represents young and new artists. They also have a studio space right next door to us here at Studio Oedipus. How are you doing today, Matthijs? Fantastic. Yeah? Good. Thanks for joining us on the show. We're going to start off the show by uh, talking about a beer. And what beer do we have today, Sander? Uh, we have a Brett IPA by Fierce by Nature, Scottish brewery. There's yeah. a bit of a Dutch con- connection with this brewery. Uh, their former head brewer, production manager, I think it was Doe Bongers. Yeah. Um, brewer from uh, Nijmegen, who uh, recently uh, moved back, I think, to the Netherlands or... At least is back in the Netherlands or seen pictures of her drinking beer in the Wildermann the day back. they opened. She's back. She, huh? she, uh, gave, she gave me this yeah. beer, actually. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, she used to brew at um, uh, Oersoep in Nijmegen. Yeah. I think she's from around there. And then moved to England and uh, ended up at Fierce in uh, Scotland. Uh, but I think this is a, a beer that actually she started to do these uh, mixed fermentation uh, things. Um, and... Um, so it's really, yeah, this fierce by nature um, uh, a line is uh, really uh, what she started at cool. fierce. I had a couple of their beers, n- nothing uh, mixed fermentation, but a couple of their beers in uh, in and around Scotland. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Whereabouts in Scotland are they based? Aberdeen, I Aberdeen. think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Let's go. Do you know much about beer, uh, Matthias? Well, actually, I know very little about beer, and uh, but I think it's it's fun to hear uh, some talk about it because it's, when you, when you talk about it, it's, it's a bit like you're talking about music scene or art scenes. Like, yeah, there's some. Uh, That's what we kind of want with this beer review to hopefully put you a bit, educate you maybe a little bit, or maybe uh, I don't know, get you talking about beer and flavor. Yeah. Well, so uh, I was just. Um, uh, thinking of a conversation I had with Tristan, your uh, yeah. teammate, and uh, a couple of years ago, and I said, "Yeah, well, I know nothing about beer, and actually, I only like the like the regular beers yeah. when it when it tastes like water, because then you don't really taste it, but you have the effect." <laughs> and but then uh, then he explained me a bit about it, and I started like uh, tasting them, and uh, now I'm. Uh, uh, I'm I feel uh, like you're getting educated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm feeling educated a bit. <clears throat> and also, I thought like a uh, special beer was always like brown, dark, heavy, and for moody people. Yeah. But I've, now I, I, I've learned that there's like uh, lots of happy beers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Happy, exciting beers. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that. It. It's really also, I sort of also got fed up with beer. I found it exciting uh, since legal drinking age, but also got fed up with it be- exactly because of old, boring. Uh, unhappy people <laughs> being yeah. involved and labels and thematics around beer were was always the same, very dusty and dark. And uh, but there, then I learned about the sort of bright new movement, and uh, that really opened our eyes, you know. Uh, and and we started brewing. But the, yeah, it's definitely out there. But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, cool to hear. Yeah. How do you experience like beer making? When I hear you talking about it, I just said it, it sounds a bit like you're talking about music musicians or like 
art world or is, is it, does it have the same effect on you? Like, is it is it a form of art? Uh, well, there is a creative process involved, and I'm not sure if that's the same as being an artist. Uh, but there, but there's also this, yeah, I think this craftsmanship that's really important, and I think. Um, I've been thinking about this recently and it also, I think what I've experienced is that as a beer maker, it really takes some time to learn the basics, right? And, and that's, that's sort of, uh, I think that's in everything you do. And then you develop a sort of a style and then, you know, you can really be creative and make something that's truly yours or really has your signature. What makes it, I think, also different than art or music is that when you make a beer, you make a batch of beer and you ferment it and you package it. And the next time it can be slightly different because of ingredients and the different harvest. So, but if you, yeah, maybe there's a parallel in, in composing music where, uh, you know, if a different orchestra plays it, then it can be subtly different. Um, but I always looked at it a bit different because there's, yeah, uh, this, this, this whole process involved with machinery and, um, but there's there's definitely a parallel, uh, yeah. But also so, some some differences, I guess. And it's also your, your approach. I think you can approach it very much from a craftsman like perspective and just make beer. And when you make just there's these century old breweries, like several generations, and uh, the kids only do what the parents did, and they just they don't ask questions. They just do what they were taught to do, and yeah, that's just that. And some are maybe a bit more pushing, trying to push boundaries and, and, and try to develop their own style and see what they like and what they don't. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I think art is like making, creating art is, is a way of saying something and also making music is a way of saying something. But is, is brewing a beer also a way of saying something for you? Uh, yeah, yeah. So more and more. Uh, yeah, maybe that's what I was trying to say at the start that in the beginning, it was more like sort of trying to understand what beer is about. And now that we are more and more in control of the process and the ingredients and we know a bit more what we can do, we can sort of sharper define where we want a beer to be and think about actually have an idea, okay, we should have something like this and this and that because this is something we truly want to have people drinking in either this occasion or that occasion or start from uh an infinite source of inspiration and then take something and then try to design a beer around that you know or or, or from there uh and i think that's something we've only started doing fairly recently or about a year ago and slowly figuring out how that works but so i think yeah th then definitely we, we try to say something uh but that's that's yeah it doesn't necessarily counts i think for every brewer or there's not always every beer is made with sort of that intention but we're definitely uh try to do that yeah. yeah yeah but also in the way that we experience beer is maybe i'm just thinking back to the initial point that matthias said is like it's way more interesting beer now so it can be way more experienced like a piece of art or a piece of music because it's way more there's way more expression going on it than maybe the traditional styles of beer so maybe that's also a point so what do we what do think? You, yeah, what do you think? I like the smell. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Can I see the bottle? Of course. Any, um, does it remind you of anything? Well, it reminds you of the, of the smell when you walk into your brewery. Oh, really? It, yeah, yeah, of course. So yeah, you, you smell the ingredients. Hop, but is that maybe a very hoppy smell? I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. It's definitely as hop character. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think it, it lists every ingredient on the, on the label and also a bit of process. So it's uh, fermented actually with wild yeast and also some varieties that are known to produce some fruity flavors. Um, uh, but also the hop varieties, I think mainly the hop varieties are known, Eldorado and Azaka. I think we had a double IPA the other day on the show where also Azaka um, um, was used, but yeah, really for its tropical fruit-like character that it can uh, throw off. Uh, Eldorado is also, I remind, uh, or remember Eldorado also be varying yellow stone fruit like and uh, i mm. definitely get that yeah, from I get here. That here but it's um yeah really interesting beer i also 
immediately got a bit of the oak uh, layer that was in there, a bit of vanilla, a touch, mm. um, which I really appreciate. I but we get the breath sensation, the sourness to it. Yeah, yeah, a bit of sourness, not mm. so much to be honest. Uh, a bit of what? Sourness. So maybe oh, explain, sourness. Okay, yeah. yeah. Just explain what a Brett IPA might be compared compared to a regular IPA. Yeah, so a regular IPA is fermented with Saccharomyces cerevisiae. That's brewer's yeast. That's also um, a species that also bakers use for bread, like the industrial yeah. yeast that that uh, are used. And that's usually IPAs are fermented with a single strain of yeast um, that you can have more clean or more fruity. So the yeast can produce a lot of flavors or very little. Often in IPAs, yeast doesn't play a very important role in the, the, the final flavor of the beer because IPAs are usually about hops or are by definition about hops. Um, a bread IPA stands, stands out from that because they use Brettanomyces. It's a different species of yeast. It's also yeast. It's from the same family. Um, um, but it's... Um, yeah, it's a different species, and mm. um, uh, and also produces very different flavors. So beers with Brettanomyces can become a bit sour indeed, but also it can uh, produce very fruity flavors, but also a bit funky, uh, mm. a bit like uh, that you can uh, encounter in uh, natural wines also, uh, that people maybe smell and first things like, oof, it's a bit too much, uh, reminds them of a farm or... Uh, or uh, a toilet or uh, uh, something like that, like a bit unpleasant uh, or a bit edgy. Hopefully not too much edgy. of the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think uh, in this example, I think that it, it plays very well with the hops. So there's, I think this is a very well-balanced beer where hoppy flavors and the yeast-derived flavors and a touch of oak um, and fairly dry beer, they go hand in hand. Yeah, very good. And um, yeah, very uh, uh, agreeable. Yeah, it's dry, quite balanced, I would say. I think it's, I think it's lovely. It's refreshing. Yeah. 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 So, and then last thing to say about bread IPAs, you can either use um, a regular brewer's yeast for the primary fermentation and then add bread and amices. Mm -hmm. uh, but in this case, they picked uh, a Brettanomyces strain also for the primary fermentation and then a secondary fermentation with another Brettanomyces strain. So yeah, mm. it's uh, different breads. And I think also Lactobacillus to produce a bit of, that's a bacteria uh, that can... Uh, yeah, I'm uh, just looking at the website and they've list, they have also listed all this. It's quite a technical way of doing it, I think, uh -huh. listing all the yeast cultures and everything. Yeah, but if you know beer, this makes total sense to me. You know yeah. what's written on the back of the label. And um, uh, yeah, it, it gives you a good uh, expectation of what uh, what the beer would be like. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but f yeah, very, uh, very, I like it very, uh, yeah, very much. And maybe a bit also, um, a bit, it reminds me a bit of uh, yeah, uh, certain white wines that uh, can have a bit of oak and a lot of fruitiness and mm -hmm. the dry side. Gentle uh, carbonation. Yeah, I just wanted to say it's, it's not far, far from wine. It's almost like a wine bottle, and we're it drinking is, this uh, from like wine glasses. I would say this is a wine glass. Yeah, and you're right. It's it's, it's well, it, the color is like white 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 wine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but yeah, that's uh, also what. But the base is grain and hops, and yeah. that's what makes it a beer. But uh, yeah. yeah, there's this uh, whole spectrum of different flavors that you can find in beer and this is definitely something different than a pills or those dark doubles or yeah. quadruples that uh have been around or bog beers it's uh still quite a massive leap away from what i would know what an ipa is to be honest because like i do agree with matitian that it feels more like i'm having a glass of uh, sparkling natural wine but an ipa i would have you know it would it would be maybe less carbonated uh, more hoppy forward, more juicy flavors, not really much sourness going on. Yeah, and maybe also uh, bitterness is a yeah. factor where IPAs being about hops and hops are also the ingredient that, um, um, that cause beer to be bitter. Um, um, 
but you can use them in a different way. There's definitely a lot of hops in it. They talk about triple hopped uh, bread IPA. Uh, so they probably had hops uh, in the brew, but also during fermentation, maybe at multiple stages. Uh, and the way they added the hops or maybe the aging um, uh, resulted in the beer not being super bitter, but having all the aromatics from the hops, but not so much the bitterness. And that's something I think where it stands out uh, from uh, other IPAs. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, cool. Matthijs, what do you think about the uh, beer label? As an artist, let's get your perspective on that. Well, yeah, <clears throat> uh, it's a it's a, a picture of a a cat, I guess, or is, yeah, a, a catish deer. Yeah, it's a big cat. Yeah, yeah. Or what? What should it depict? Uh, I don't know. A fierce, a fierce cat. I think. Yeah, yeah. Fierce cat in the wilderness. He's actually clawing some hops, if I see correctly. Yeah. Well, yeah, just a. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think it's always hard to, to have a, like the to, to put the right label to uh, to, to a, a beer. beer or a yeah. wine because also like wine labels, they they tell me nothing. It's just but they when I choose a bottle, I I, I have to like the the label. Yeah, for sure. For for buying it, but in the end, it's just like it's always a surprise what's in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just because I know nothing about it, and and this label doesn't really tell me what's in there and i think well, well i like the label of your glasses as well so okay maybe better because this is happier but and i'm just in a uh i'm more in a uh, i'm more into happy beer okay but, uh, <laughs> so the fierceness is uh you maybe wouldn't have picked it off the shelf let's say yeah <laughs> yeah All that's right, right. Cool. but i like it yeah and i like the beer very much yeah 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 yeah, yeah me too me too With this show, Matthias, we try to understand and get inside the mind of the people that I invite in the show to try and kind of perceive their world. Uh, I'm familiar with yourself because of Patty Morgan, but you are a very engaged artist involved with a wide, wide range of projects. Would you say that's true? Um, or yeah. has been I, true? I wouldn't disagree, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you also designed one of our beer labels quite some time ago. Yeah, that was a fun thing to do. Agriturismo, was it? Am I pronouncing it correct? Is that what it's called, guys? You Ag both will know about it more than me. Agriturismo, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was fun to do, and um, um, so yeah. I'm, first, I made a design, and then uh, I sent it to uh, Rick, and then uh, he didn't really accept it, so I had to. He uh, didn't accept uh, it. <laughs> no, no. Well, I had some different designs, maybe, but then uh, it, it, he also pushed me to uh, 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 to go a little further, and uh, then. I had the illustration, and then I thought, okay, well, let's let's do some more with the illustration. And it made he made me sweat for a, for, for a couple of days, and then yeah. in the end, I I really um, was excited about the, the the result. And I always like it when people like make you uh, let you make you take this extra step. Uh, Mictrum Molf is another big project of yours. That was. I have lots of different varied work that I've come across. What exactly was Mictor and Mold? Well, Mictor and Mold, we, we, um, that's Mick Johan and me. And um, uh, we worked together from, I think, 2007 till 2013. Mm -hmm. In 2013, we got buried alive. Uh, Mick and I, we got to know each other on the Art Academy in The Hague. And we were both like uh, into art, but not very much into studying. We were skating a lot together. And um, uh, at some point, we we found out that we were better together than uh, than separate. Then our first website turned out in uh, our first website, we uh, we had two pages. One was uh, uh, good work, the other one was bad work. And good work was for money, and bad work was like all the work we did not for money, but just uh, in, in in the beginning it was just our free work. But we did um, a lot of different. Uh, commissioned work uh, in, in in music and yeah like, uh, so we've worked for uh, for instance uh, for instance the Jeugd van Tegenwoordig a couple of years we made yeah. a couple of album covers and their stages and but we also made 
paintings and and one of the things I I, I like the most is the 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 ball we made. We made a a pool to skate. A skate ball, yeah, I've a skate seen ball, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, is that the skate park Nord? Is it or is it else somewhere else? It was at the NDSM Wharf. NDSM, yeah, absolutely. yeah. And um, it, it was actually because we just wanted to skate, and but it it it, uh, it quickly became an art project. Well, we tipped it off with the with the painting of the, the colors of the gay flag. Yeah, yeah. And it was I've basically it. because we uh, we had a permit for two years to to have the ball there, and we thought, well, what if we make this a new gay statue of Amsterdam? Then we have at least we have a big scene in Amsterdam backing us up when when we have to take the pool down. I feel like there is a definite character and feel to a lot of the work you, that you do. I found this through looking at your illustrations and also the Mitra Molf work that I saw on the internet. How do you classify good art? I think, um, uh, I mean, with, with uh, Petty Morgan, we have guidelines that okay. help us to, to, uh, uh, to judge if, uh, if uh, artists uh, should be on our platform. Yeah. We have an external committee uh, uh, judging them. Is judging them the right way of saying it? So we have a committee. Yeah, judgment committee, yeah. Well, we have a committee looking at the artists that, uh, that apply for an account, and we wrote some guidelines. And that's, that's about origin. Like, are they, people should be original. Um, uh, they, they also should have a, a professional way of presenting themselves or working. So it, that's really about effort. Um, um, there should be some continuity in it. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, uh, people should not be like a one day flyer or just do one experiment. It's, uh, I think it's, um, creating art or creating beers or creating music is about, uh, a repetitive way of being on a search to something. And, um, I, when I like art, it's, um, when, when it's, uh, when I can see the effort and there's this like, uh, flow in, in surprising and not surprising me. So there's, there's always artists that, that, that create something. And then I think, Oh, maybe it's not that good, but then they, so they, they, when they dare to, um, uh, to fail and they, they are creating stuff that's not just nice or, mm. or feels good, but also is, is out of the comfort zone. And uh, that's where I start, start to, uh, to like it. And I, I, I like most when I um, have to get to get used to it. For me, there's also not hard lines between what's art and what's not art. Uh, to me, like brewing beer, when it's a way of saying something, it's um, it inspires me. How difficult do you think it is to be an artist nowadays? I think the main role of art is reflecting to what what's around you mm-hmm. uh, or what you're surrounded by, and. Um, if the world wouldn't change, then then there's nothing to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, and I think we're living in a very interesting time, also because um, if, yeah, we're li- living in an interesting time because the context has changed so much, and also the 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 the, uh, the discourse or the or the, the the stage. It's you got floggers now. Mm-hmm. You got uh, people on Twitter. You got people on Instagram, and. and it all turns out that in in in, uh, in new it, it creates new, new art forms. Yeah, it's yeah. new platforms, yeah. and um, uh, it's hard. It's harder. It became harder to define what art is. Uh, back in the days, you had to go to to a museum or to a gallery, or uh, you you had to find someone on the street who was showing his art. But now you can suddenly walk into art without knowing it. And yeah. then realizing, hey, there's something weird here, or there's someone's trying to say me something, and mm. more about what inspires me, who's who's um, uh, who's changing the way I see things in a creative manner. Yeah, I think it's 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 hard if you want to make a living from it. But maybe, well, I decided at some point that I didn't want to make a living from making art because it it uh, it didn't help me feel good, or it didn't. Yeah. Like, so, but yeah, if, if you want to live from art, it's definitely hard, but it's always, that I think it has always been. Um, as, as an artist, how do you find the right balance in between doing good work and bad work and also maybe creative freedom? Well, in the case of Mixer and Wolf, I think we were struggling with money, but it, it uh, and we were trying to find commission work, but we were mostly busy finding the right balance in, in, uh, 
in trying to say w- what we want to say. We were like working mm. together. So we were working, for instance, when we made a drawing, we made it together. So I made a drawing and then Mick took it and he he was just drawing over it or he was sometimes he was demolishing it or or yeah, he could do whatever with it. And we we were constantly finding a balance in, in what we presented as our art. For us, it the struggle became part of our of our art. Actually, I think at the point that we we were able to make money with it, it also became less interesting for us. Because it lacks the originality that you're looking for. Yeah, I think we were kind of too hard to work with. We didn't really want to create what what people asked from us. We were always uh, kind of holding a little middle finger up to uh, to the world. <laughs> oh, eh, eh, eh. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, Patty Morgan. So Patty Morgan seems like a very inclusive kind of uh, space online art gallery that represents and helps out a lot of you and uh, young and new artists. How important is Patty Morgan, do you think? And how does it work? So as an artist, I did a solo show myself at a a gallery. And then in the gallery, uh, I found out that the gallery is a shop that's, that's like almost never open three days a week or Gallery's so. Gallery's a shop that's almost never open. Yeah. <laughs> and then no one dares to walk in. And at my openings, it always rains. So uh, when I'm working a half a year for a show uh, uh, and I, I have a show and I have some people uh, showing up and some of them buy something, then I, I'm, let's say I sold five drawings and then half of the income goes to the gallery and the other half's for me. Then I have a very bad business model. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so that's why I came up with with my own business model, the the one thousand drawing pension plan. Well, the the one thousand drawing pension plan is is a, a website I made to sell my own drawings. But then, uh, when people buy a drawing, they pay me one euro a month every month until I retire, which is in two thousand fifty. So at the moment, I got three hundred fifty people paying me one euro a month, and they have their their drawing at, a, at hanging at their their house. Doing that uh, became it became a, a bit of a success. Uh, people started writing about it and talking about it, and it it uh, it uh, sucked me into the, this discussion: how should artists sell their work? And uh, I think some artists should definitely sell their work in a gallery but on the other hand it's i mean there's a there's the internet and i think we should use it but that time six years ago galleries were kind of hesitant to uh, to the online art world and artists were not and artists were also much more fun to uh, to follow on on the internet like on instagram or facebook uh, because they uh, they show they inspired you they 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 show they, on, they not only show what they make what they create but also they show how they create it and also they show things about their life. So it got the whole context uh, was, was, was wider. And um, then I thought, wow, it would be nice to have a, a, a platform that collects, com- combines all this, uh, the, this, this online power and the, these, uh, uh, these artists that I, that I like. So I started with Casper uh, Schipper and we started six years ago, and at m- now it's uh, it, it, it it grew, and we we represent almost eight hundred uh, artists that have their own profile, and um, uh, and we do shows, so it became much more than than I actually expected, mm. and much more fun. So it, to me, it's very important because I um, it gave me the chance to learn to learn to get to know a lot of people, to see a lot more art than I ever thought I will see in my life and um, uh, it, it it brings me on uh, in, in fun places. And your exhibitions are usually a bit more kind of unconventional. Are there any highlights of uh, exhibitions you've had? Oh yeah, many, but um, uh, yeah, maybe it's just good to mention two of them, uh, Willem de Haan and Kammer Gurka. And they had this show together and Willem is very young and, and Kammer Gurka is very old and um, we wanted to bring them together and to create a show together in our in our uh, in our gallery. But it was then, your initiative? Yeah, we uh, we had the initiative to to do shows where we uh, uh, connect the young talent to a gevestigde naam, established an established artist. Thanks. And um, so this this was a couple, and um, Willem soon had the idea to 
to uh, change the gallery into uh, an airport. What? An airport? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also because it was the north side line was just ready, so we had oh, this yeah, uh, yeah. subway station here. And then I thought, yeah, maybe there is you know, an airport would would would, would be good. Um, and so the airport became a place where you could bring your suitcase and and just stay there, actually, and go nowhere. <laughs> a really bad airport. <laughs> okay, well that's uh, that's a. Uh, that's a fun idea. Let's let's do it. <laughs> so we started talking about it with Kamagurka, and I think Kamagurka didn't really. I, he liked the he liked the project, but he wasn't really involved. And instead of Willem complaining about it, he just owned the whole show. And um, so he said, "Yeah, I want a, a baggage belt, and I want a check-in. I want toilets. We need a taxi place." And also, I want a turning door. So we <laughs> we invest a lot in in a in a fake turning door. Yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah. What do you call it? A turning door, like a revolving door. A revolving door. Yeah. yeah. So, so we we have like, we have a regular door in our yeah. in, in the front of our gallery, but it was a revolving door. And actually, the fun thing is that no one mentioned the revolving door because it was just a revolving door. <laughs> so people just thought it was there uh, no. all the time. <laughs> So he went in, you had the x-ray, there was a check-in, and <laughs> the only thing Kamagurka did was actually the the voiceovers, how do you say, the announcements? The yeah. Voiceovers. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he did yeah. The, the airport announcements, <laughs> and they were they became they were actually really good. They were really fun to listen, and also there were some works in the in in the airport. So and really looked like an airport. It was really nice. And then but the and and then the title I think is best because also because William is so young and he 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 didn't really get the chance to work together with Kamagurka, but then he called the show Kamagurka and Waar is Willem de Haan. And um, uh, so he kind of, uh, the, uh, he degraded him in the title, but he did the whole show. And it was, I think it was really strong and uh, a strong thing to do from just such a young artist who actually did the whole show. And yeah, I think he's, he's very talented and he's, he's doing a lot of fun stuff. And um, we did one show in Foam, the photography yeah, museum. It was an internet cafe, and that was because people were like unfamiliar with online art world. Mm -hmm. uh, so we thought, let's do an internet cafe. Let, let's build an internet cafe because that's the, play, the place where people back in the days learned to uh, uh, to explore the world wide web. Yeah, and we thought, well, this is a good good place to to explore the online art world. So we uh, had this. 15 cabinets, small cabinets, the, the cubicles. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but then we took away the computer and we we just said to the artist, this is your exhibition space. Oh, and cool. um, so we had 15 very small exhibition spaces with chairs and people uh, got to walk in. And when they walked in, they, they, they had to pay one euro. Mm. But then we saw that when we charge one euro, people start to look better at it because oh, they, yeah. want, they want this euro back. And uh, so we had a real internet cafe, all people sitting about this, uh, back to this, uh, at, at, at this, um, these cubicles. Not a euro for f every 15 minutes. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it was, it, it was really yeah. fun. It was, uh, it was a nice event. People were just hanging out in this internet cafe, talking about the art that they were seeing and uh, just walking around a bit. It was, it was a really nice show and it was a good, uh, yeah, it was a nice chance that was offered by, uh, by Foam. On this on this show, we talk a lot about community because it's very important in the beer world to uh, like supporting this community and how helpful it's been to uh, new breweries and things like that. How important is community to Patty Morgan? Do you think there is a kind of North Amsterdam North community, or an art community? I wouldn't say it's the Amsterdam North community because uh, the artists on our website are from everywhere. Everywhere, the Dutch art community is very international. There are many people who started to study or work in, in the Netherlands, so our community is pretty international. Uh, but most of them are living in the Netherlands, and uh, we got some people in England, Canada, America, uh, mm. Japan, uh, Italy, whatever. Um, but um, I think the community is, is very important. Uh, without a community, it wouldn't be alive. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I also think that, I mean, the website of Betty Morgan is, of, of course, it's an important tool for us to sell the work of these artists, but mm. 
um, that's to me it's the least important thing. I like to get in touch with with the artist. Uh, I like to get in touch with his friends. I like to meet new people. And uh, also, Penny Morgan is not about uh, it's not only about the the artist community, but also about uh, the 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 art buyers or just the, the the ones who like it so the the parties in our our gallery it's just uh lots of people meeting each other and having like uh yeah so yeah it's likewise people meeting each other and sharing like their inspiration so mm. and i think also think that in the beginning not everybody was waiting for petty morgan uh, galleries weren't really waiting for an online platform to pick up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, there was a small community of friends who said, let's do this. And um, they helped us out big time. Mm-hmm. They um, they made it happen. So, and and still that's, that's, that's the case. I think it's super important for us to, uh, uh, to, to stay in touch with our community and also grow it because then, then it, keeps being inspiring and uh, it's um, it's showing us new new art and new new people yeah and does this grow sort of keeps growing organically or do you also sort of have these ideas like how can we reach new people apart maybe from the birthday uh, uh, party thing uh, like how how can we bridge a gap maybe between people that don't know art and uh, people that are very much into it already um yeah uh, yeah of course i mean we're 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 continuously uh, busy with it but on the other hand we're also just running a company so um but uh, uh, we just did a, a law firm uh, there was a law firm at the Heersgebouw in the uh, at the Leidseplein, just above the apple store and i'm not very much into law firms but um uh, this law firm was pretty fun actually they uh, asked us to to uh, uh, to propose a collection of artworks for their boardrooms for their working rooms for the restaurant for the entry so it was 60 mm-hmm. works uh, and then we had to we we had a chance to to give a presentation in the end when all the works were installed we had uh, uh, all the artists over to their bar and drink beers together uh, they are now coming over to our place and uh, uh, somehow I, what I didn't really expect, so I was also uh, biased about this, but what mm. I didn't expect is that the, the 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 employees of this law firm were also so much into our idea of, of exploring a community and, and uh, mm. uh, learning about the ideas from artists and, and, and uh, look at, at the art artworks and so they were i think it was uh, it was a unexpected uh addition or it was an unexpected added group to uh, to our community which is which is fun but we are continuously looking out for new artists we have this committee uh looking out for artists we have uh our doors open so the artists walk in they bring friends in and um so it's a it's a continuous activity to to look for new people but it goes quite organic all right we're going to take a quick break from our conversation with matthias to call ravi boss to find out what's in his fridge ravi is a brewer based in aberdeen and he brews for brew dog overworks so let's give him a call and find out what's in his fridge Hey, Ravi, it's Danny from Oedipus. Hey, man. How are you doing? I'm doing very good. How are you? Yeah, good. Good. Have I caught you at a, a wrong time or have you got time to speak? Uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm fine. I'm just doing some IBD and uh, yeah, just cool. with, with food. Cool, cool. What's what's IBD? Um, so IBD is, I need to double check the abbreviation. 
<laughs> but IBD is a brewing uh, diploma, and IBD stands for Institute uh, Brewing and Distilling. Ah, okay, cool. All right, sound. How is everything yeah. in uh, How is everything in Scotland? Uh, good. Uh, it's been a bit uh, cold lately. It's been about uh, 11, 12 degrees and misty. Shit, um, it's meant to we, be summer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. <laughs> um, it's going to be really nice weather though soon. So next week is going to be like 70 degrees, uh, which is like height of summer here. So. All right, cool. All right. Well, uh, Ravi, what is in your fridge? Um, so I'm actually currently drinking um, a cider uh, we made, which I don't think has been released yet. Um, so we um, have like a mixed culture cider nice. um, that we did, uh, barrel aged in cognac barrels and bourbon barrels. Um, so I'm drinking that at the moment. It's actually quite uh, easy to drink. It's like four and a half percent or something. So it's uh, very cidery and just very um, easy to drink, but with a lot of also wood character and just a bit of funkiness in it. So to keep it a bit interesting. Nice. Is that using local apples to where you are, or? Um, so we actually got some uh, like apple juice from um, near London. I need to double check the the spec sheets on that, but uh, we got some from like local farms there. Ah, nice. And is that carb? Yeah. Is that going to be? Is it carbonated or is it like still cider? Uh, that's carbonated. So that's about like four and a half grams a liter DCO2. Um, yeah. So it's just like a normal carbonation um, cider. Ah, sounds uh, sounds refreshing. Um, yeah, if only you nice. had some good weather to accompany that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, well, it'll come hopefully. Hopefully, I look forward to being able to drink that. Um, what sure. else? What else have you got in your fridge? Um, so at the moment, I'm just having a look. Um, I have brain dead biscuit from um, Overworks where I work. So that's um, Scottish sour ale fermented with almonds, raisins, vanilla, and aged in uh, Fensanto barrels. Oh, nice. What barrels are those, sorry? Uh, Fensanto. So those are Italian uh, wine barrels. Oh, cool. Nice. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, we do a lot of complex uh complex stuff yeah all right and that's through the um, overworks uh overworks at Rudog. yeah ah nice Correct. cool man yeah um for the rest i have some beers from a really good friend of mine uh matthias from Neville. oh yeah so i've got um glute and tomat in the fridge as well yeah tomat is one of the brand new ones isn't it yeah correct yeah, yeah he sent me uh, a package which is really nice of him um to have some uh, some of his beers. Yeah. You know, we had him on the show a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. I have listened to it a bit. Ah, nice. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was one He's of the earlier guy. earlier shows, so it was a bit rough around the edges, but it was really nice conversation. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and so how, how um, difficult is it for you to get beer around there, apart from uh, uh, <laughs> the beer that, you, beer that you brew and you make? Um, so... Honestly, I don't actually drink that much. Like, I may I maybe drink like a beer or two, like in the weekend uh, yeah. often. Um, so I have some beers here which are from B of M. Um, so that's a brewery in Switzerland. Yeah. And um, I mainly get beers from friends of mine, uh, like Neville, or I get beers that I. Um, sort of accumulate during a festival organized called Carnival Bretonomyces. Yeah. So I still have some beers from that um, and then some natural wines from um, also from the Carnival or just from France. So I also have a bowl of wine um, from, let me see, Olivier Lamazon as well mm. from 2018, a red wine from him. Um, so... Yeah, I got quite some some decent things laying around um, if I want to. But so yeah. you've got you've got to be you've got to be quite stocked up <laughs> because there's there's limited yeah. limited shops, I guess, or craft beer shops around where you are. Yeah, I mean there are a few. Um, so you got Brewdog bars which stock some good bottles as well, and of course, um, yeah. where I live as well. So I live in Aberdeen at the moment, um, and uh, we also have a uh, a few bottle shops that are okay. But yeah. normally you'll have to sort of uh, order them and 
Yeah. Yeah, nice. George Hassel. I also I just had a beer by uh, Fierce by Nature, which yeah. is also yeah, lo- local to you, right? Yeah, correct. Uh, they're um, good uh, colleagues and good friends. Nice. Um, they're doing cool stuff. All right, cool, nice. Anything else you got going on in the fridge? Um, I've got a lot of stuff fermenting, like cabbage and kimchi and stuff. So uh, that's not really drinks, but it's still uh, oh yeah some uh, fermentation that I have going on myself. Um, How, how's your kimchi? Is it good? Yeah, uh, it's really nice. So I um, did some other stuff than I think a lot of people do, um, just as an experimentation. Um, so I don't really like sort of the sulfuriness, uh, sort of the raw egg smell of a lot of normal cabbages. So I use some kill and some dried tomatoes um, and chilies. So it's not really a kimchi, but it's sort of inspired on kimchi. Ah, sounds interesting, man. That sounds really good. Yeah. Right. So I'm actually quite enjoying that. Yeah, for sure. I can imagine. There's always something else going on in a in a brewer's fridge than beer, isn't there? <laughs> yeah, always. Always, always. Um, always stuff. <laughs> That's really cool. All right, man. Well, uh, thanks for talking about your fridge. It's been a pleasure. Of course. I hope... Pleasure as well, and uh, have a good day. Yeah, yeah. I hope everything, I hope the weather gets a bit warmer for you in Scotland. <laughs> yeah, hope so as well. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'll speak to you soon. Best of luck, okay? Thank you very much. Speak to you soon. Bye. Special thanks to Ravi. Remember, if you want to talk about what's in your fridge, you can get in contact with me, radio at udipus.com. But for now, let's jump back into the conversation with Sandra and Matthijs. Can you talk us a little bit through how the work at Patty Morgan is curated what you, and how you make sure there's equal representation with artists? Well, we, we want to show a wide diversity of art that we, uh, we think is worth looking at. Mm-hmm. And some art is like aesthetically more interesting. And in the online art world, that, that helps that you, I mean, you, you should have like a, some visible attractive work but um we try to make a mix of conceptual work and 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 aesthetic yeah. aesthetical work uh, so it's uh it's continuously like a bit of a balance what are we talking about but also what what's uh, coming at us i mean yeah. when when artists are uploading we have a lot to tell but when the artists are just uh, silent for a while then then mm-hmm. we have to also dive into our uh, platform mm-hmm. and see what what stories are there I was just having uh, this uh, conversation because of everything that's going on in the world at the moment. And uh, we were already having like thoughts about how we, uh, thoughts about do we have a blind spot ourselves? And as the point with blind spots is that you're most of the time you're not aware of it. So Mm. um, uh, we thought maybe we should ask others to tell us if we have okay. blind spots. And it's something that we just started doing. We're having some conversations uh, coming up next month. Um, but I think it's, um, it made the, uh, it made me realize what was happening, the whole demonstrations and stuff and with George Floyd. It made me realize that looking at the art world, also to artists, we can be inaccessible. And we, it's quite the easiest way of curating our or finding our artists would be to look at the institutes that represent artists. So uh, that's uh, that's the uh, Sandberg Institute, or the ateliers, or mm-hmm. the, the art academies, and uh, and the galleries. But of course, there's many more creators that are not on these institutes, and it's uh, and that they are not like w- walking around in this Western. European system. So I think there must be ways to um, uh, to get them more inside. Uh, and I think that that would be very inspiring. And, and and it's not that we that we have that that we are blind to that. I mean, I think we, as a platform, I think we're doing quite well. And we have because we have the intention to be surprised and to find new people, and also in an underground world. So. Um, but 
we we said to ourselves we can do better and we should act to that mm-hmm. so uh, i'm really looking forward to what's happening what's going out from that yeah mm-hmm. yeah and art can also be i'm just thinking also in relation to the protests and uh, um everything that's going on in the world right now art can also be a powerful tool to kind of raise awareness so i've been thinking about all the signs that we see at protests and things what do you think the role of art is in a situation like this the role of creating stuff is very very important and uh, but here this is actually the case where for me it's not important if it if something is art or if someone's just creating something that uh, that makes a point. When you're a conceptual artist reflecting to society, then this is really a good moment to uh, incorporate the issue into your work. But I think, yeah, of course, there's uh, many examples of artists that create beautiful pieces and that show shows us what blind spots are or what... Uh, the issues are that we're dealing with, or what good solutions would be, and um, but here in this case, I think creativity creativity is very important to have. That's for po- uh, po- politicians. That's for everyone who is in the debate. Uh, art can can do a lot, do a lot, but it's not important if it's good art or bad art. It's no, just, no, no. I think. Uh, People creating stuff is is um, is is a beautiful mm. thing, and uh, when creating stuff helps solving the issue, then it's just, uh, it's just. You kind of mentioned it in when you were talking about your work with uh, Mix from Molf as well, in that you made this uh, skateboard bowl, and then you made this, uh, you painted the gay flag over it. Um, is this something you were always aware of in your work, trying to find like another layer to it? Well, in in the work Mick and I made, we were always looking for something very unexpected, and it's always harder to surprise yourself than to surprise some someone else. So, mm-hmm. Mick, for instance, the case with the bowl, we were building the bowl, and we were already thinking thinking of what we should what should we paint in it, and then he had this idea of the gay flag, and that surprised me so much, and it was so far of what the skate world. Is like I mean the the skate world is is was back th- back then was pretty masculine world. At the mm-hmm. moment we got like girls' nights in the skate park here in North, mm-hmm. so that changed a lot. But um, then it was uh, it, it, those were two worlds that that you wouldn't expect to be combined. And for me it was just a, such a surprising idea, and that was what I liked about it. And, mm-hmm. but that was actually always what we, what, what I was, and I think Mick too was looking for, like being surprised, making things that, that we didn't really get ourselves. So mm-hmm. we were sometimes so confused about what we made. Mm-hmm. And then when we didn't really understand it ourselves, there was most of the time those were the best works. That was good. Yeah. yeah. That we didn't really understand the jokes that we were making. Yeah. <laughs> That's all easy. Yeah. And moving forward and developing, you've spoken a lot, a lot about any future goals for yourself. Well, my goal is um, uh, moving on with Patty Morgan, making it more inspiring thing for me personally. And I also, as I said, my pension plan was a bit, was sleeping for a couple of years, and I'm revitalizing this with uh, Marty van Nimwegen, a friend who is uh, helping me uh, with the project. And I just started to cr- create new stuff in, in the studio. And now I already found out that I'm maybe not that much into drawing anymore, but okay. more maybe painting on, on different objects. But also it, uh, it, it got my mind going again. And um, at the moment, I just... I'm. I'm uh, there's something else I'm doing. So you mentioned it, Kunstenel Business Art Service. I'm a creative director of the, the, those uh, companies, and uh, I'm I'm quitting. Uh, so I'm 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 leaving that uh, that space that Does place. That feel that make you feel good? Is that a good thing? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because it's a fun, it's a fun company, and uh, I liked to. Uh, 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 to get the the uh, the company yeah. going where it should be, but. To me, it was also like a good point to uh, to let them do it on their own, and uh, for me to to start do something new. 
The pension but, plan. I can see why the pension plan is coming no, back into I'm, mind. Would actually, like I'm also looking for job? just new stuff. It's, okay. I mean, the pension plan is old to me, and I like. Yeah. I still like the the, the, the website. And I still like creating stuff, and I think I should just do that as a as a as a practice. But at the moment, I'm open to any uh, any, any job. Plan. Yeah. So if anyone okay. has a <laughs> Something to do for me. I, I'm, I'm listening. Yeah. yeah, this could be a job ad, uh, like a job advert for you going out. All right, cool. Uh, Matthijs, thank you very much. Thank you for joining us today and answering my questions. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks. Um, we're going to move on now and do the quiz. So your time's oh. not up yet. Oh, I thought I could leave now. No, I love how <laughs> surprised everyone is as soon as I say, yeah, but still we have the quiz. Oh, so right. how the quiz... Don't look so scared. <laughs> so I, I, how the quiz works is it's 10 questions and I always kind of pick a theme based on uh, the world of the, our guest. And how the quiz works is you'll see our beautiful board over here mm -hmm. and uh, everyone is scored out of 10. Uh, some familiar Jesus. faces for you. What has Abel been doing? Abel did really bad last week. Yeah, Jeez. really bad. And yeah, Boris uh, got four. But yeah, as you can see, it's pretty difficult. No one's uh, no one's got ten yet. Mm. So uh, well, let's see how you do. And this week's theme for you, Matthijs, is can, can I win something? Uh, yes, you win uh, pride. And if you get ten out of ten, I will send you home with uh, uh, a twenty-four pack of beer. All right. <laughs> so, so, so. Okay, so 10 questions. And the theme this week is it's 10 questions about famous artists and drinks. Yeah? Okay. So question number one. Rembrandt's famous painting, The Prodigal Son in the Brothel, or also known as The Prodigal Son in the Tavern, shows a picture of himself holding what in the air? Sorry, come again? <laughs> Okay, I'll slow it down. So Rembrandt, the famous painter. You know Rembrandt? Rembrandt, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, in his painting, The Prodigal Son in the Brothel, also known as The Prodigal Son in the Tavern, shows a picture of himself holding what in the air? A cup. A beer. I will let you have it, yes. A, a, glass, a, glass, a glass of beer, okay. Thanks for the hint. Great start. <laughs> Great start, okay, okay. So now you get the tone of the quiz. So... Uh, the famous writer, F. Scott Fitzgerald, liked drinking what spirit as he believed it could not be smelt on his breath? Uh, that must be vodka. Close, but it's incorrect. It's gin. 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 Uh, gin. F. Uh. Scott Fitzgerald, the author of The Great Gatsby. Uh, in which David Lynch film is the quote, Heineken, fuck that shit, Pat's Blue Ribbon. Familiar with David Lynch films? No, oh, I don't. Um, I'm not really familiar with uh, with films. No, okay. yeah, well, I, I don't, I don't. maybe just guess uh, if you know any of the names. Birds. No, uh, that's incorrect. It is uh, Blue Velvet, and it's said by Dennis Hopper's character. Okay. So another writer, Ernest Hemingway, had his has his own version of a classic cocktail, which is made by adding more rum. Do you know what the name of the classic cocktail is? Uh, it's a daiquiri. <laughs> you know what a daiquiri no, is? No, no. no. It's a rum-based uh, drink. So Picasso, Van Gogh, Monet, Gauguin all famously drank what spirit? Yenever. No, 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 no. I'll let you have a second guess. Again with the names? Pablo Picasso, Vincent Van Gogh, Monet, Gauguin all famously drank what spirit? Van Gaff actually uh, has a painting that is called The Spirit as well. <laughs> Deep thoughts. I should have walked away, right? Yeah, <laughs> you, you should have stayed out there. <laughs> okay. Uh, pass, 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 pass. Okay, the answer, the answer is absinthe. Ah. Hmm. So uh, which famous painter made the piece Green Coca-Cola Bottles? He also did a lot of other paintings of uh, pop culture objects. Mm, yeah, of course. Um, Andy Warhol. Correct. Oh, he's off. He's off. The, he's off zero. Here we go. 
Doe, doe, doe. Hoe is het? Oh, Abel guy. <laughs> getting close. Getting close. Getting close. Uh, question number seven. Another, another writer, Charles Bukowski, famously drank boilermakers. But what alcohol is in a boilermaker? Beer. Beer. And I'm looking for, a, there's another alcohol in there as well. Ooh, yeah, probably uh, absinthe again. Oh, incorrect, no. incorrect. Ah. It is beer and whiskey. Ah. A boilermaker. Do you know what a boilermaker is, Sander? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's a shot of whiskey inside a bit. Yeah. Yeah, not very tasty if you ask me. Um, the Depends girl. On the beer and the whiskey, I guess. Yeah, uh, on the side, but not in the same glass yeah. for me. Uh, yeah. Uh, the girl with the wine glass, also known as Dama and Three Heron, is a painting by which Dutch artist? Dame en twee heren. Johannes Vermeer. Correct. Well done. Uh, the writer Hunter S. Thompson's routine, in his uh, routine that was famously printed in the newspaper, uh, he drank Shivas Regal all day long, amongst a lot of other things. What is Shivas Regal? It's a whiskey, right? It is. Well done. It's a blended Scotch whiskey. Anyway, question number 10. The Merry Drinker is a painting by which Dutch painter? The Merry Drinker. What's the, the Dutch translation of that? Uh, I haven't got it written down, I'm afraid, but it's currently on display in the Rijksmuseum, if that helps you. And the question is what painter? Yeah. Uh, Rembrandt van Rijn? No, it's not Rembrandt. Oh, I screwed that up. Franz okay. Hals. Franz Hals, ah. Yeah. Okay, so Sander, how did he do out of 10? Three. Three. Oh, joint bottom. At least, at least you've got company. Yeah, bottom. yeah. I joined Abel, and I, I, I guess I make my mum proud that I didn't know any any answers on the alcohol questions. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, well done. Well done. All right, uh, that brings us to the end. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure uh, having you on here. Thanks for answering my questions. And oh, thanks a lot for having me uh, here. No worries. And Sandra, thanks for joining me again. Of course. Tune in next time. Thank you very much. Thanks again for listening to Radio Oedipus and a special thanks to Matthijs Boy. You can check out Patty Morgan by heading to the show notes on our website. I've also attached a great link to the pictures of the airport show Matthijs was talking about. Of course, thanks to Sander to joining me on the show. Like I said at the beginning, you can now find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and most major platforms. You know the drill, help spread the word by liking and subscribing. The music on today's show is written and curated by Ola Eye Music. You can tune in next week for more explorations into the culture of beer. Catch you later.